1: Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. WEEI Football Sunday is co-sponsored by Zooty. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro. recovery is possible by your local new england kubota tractor dealers by northeast electrical where pros need pros at needco.com by catches law group the personal injury pros at catches law.com and by anderson windows and your local anderson windows dealer now weei football sunday
2: boston sports original 93.7 fm weei weei.com and all across the weei sports radio network this is the weei football sunday spectacular on super bowl 57 sunday doing business as six rings and football things the pregame show doing business as a supersized super bowl fitzy and heart episode we are thrilled to have you on a beautiful winter's day as we celebrate the end of the football season. Yes, I understand there are some alternative startup leagues that will be gearing up in the short weeks thereafter, the end of the NFL. But like I always say, there is no methadone for the NFL. So we have come together today to catch you up on everything relevant to the Super Bowl, everything going on in the wide world of Patriots, the NFL, and beyond, should you care to join the program and engage in some two-way sports talk action. The number, you know it. Lock it in. 617-779-7937. The socials, at FitzyGFY, at JumboHeart, and at WEI, and the text line, manned by the Greek god of the gridiron himself. Our producer, Ethan Harstadulu, is 37937. Let us set the table for today's pigskin pregame party. At 11 o'clock, we've got the great Tom E. Curran from NBC Sports Boston, at twelve twenty today, a little check-in down in Foxborough with my guy, your pal, the happiest and most Pat's positive person on planet Earth, Mike Dussault. And at 1.30, best bets, propositionals, and more with the original prime time himself. No disrespect to Deion Sanders, Shime time, Chris Shime from the morning show. Good morning, Andy Hart.
3: How are you, sir? How could I be anything but excited? It's Super Bowl Sunday. The sun is out. What else do you want? I'm food. I'm looking forward to some food, some friends, some fun, some beer my own version of the miller light versus Coors light bowl in my belly what else could i want
2: yeah ah, man, that's a great hearkening back by the way when you say the miller light versus Coors light bowl, um we will be sharing throughout the course of the day if at any point you want to call and you want to weigh in on the super bowl give us a prediction go ahead we're here for it yeah you want to talk patriots it's on the line it's available we'll do it and if you also just want to share favorite super bowl commercial favorite national anthem Favorite Super Bowl moment. We will be sprinkling ours throughout the day because, yes, we will talk about everything that's going on in the wide world of Patriots, Boston sports, and beyond, but this is a celebration of football today. (laughs) This is four hours of just everything that makes America's most popular game the most popular form of entertainment in our country, the great game of football, so spectacular, so special, and so near and dear to our hearts. Andy, you mentioning that reminds me of those great, uh, the Bud. The Bud Bowl commercials. That's not gonna, that's not my favorite of all time, but that's easily in my top ten. And do you remember post Super Bowl twenty when Bud Dry had like the the forty ounce and it was the refrigerator in those yeah, commercials?
3: I, yeah, I I they are my favorite of all time. I think it's the best. Um, what would that be like a cereal line of uh, Super Bowl commercials? It went on for the better part of a decade, and oh, I awesome. loved them. And, and they were a game within the game. It wasn't a one off commercial. It was an actual game within the game i, I loved bud Bowl. i thought they were extremely creative so uh yeah that's definitely uh atop my list of all because some of them are forgettable you know you, you laugh really hard a lot at this of actually i feel like these days. Yeah. yeah and it's a forgettable way to blow millions upon millions of advertising dollars uh, well, you're already dropping before you even factor in any of the production costs wh- whether
2: it's a union or a non-union commercial shoot your director your creatives uh, the post-production, everything that goes into the commercial, you're dropping, I think the ad rates are $3.5 million for 30 seconds.
3: That's uh, that's good money if you can get it. i uh, yeah, It's not bad. It's a pretty penny. It's uh, some, uh, some nice
2: change. Mostly do we college, have an ad? Six know?
3: rings? Did we do a six rings podcast ad for the Super Bowl? I forgot if we decided to include that in you know, our uh, marketing uh, budget. I, I spoke to marketing. I put in a request. Nobody
2: got back to me. No, that's the damnedest thing. <laughs> the damnedest thing. Nobody <laughs> got back to me. Maybe next year. Maybe next year, but of course, if you want to catch up on any of the bits from today's show or all the latest and greatest pieces of information, analysis, perspective, and more on the New England Patriots as we venture into this fascinating and very important offseason, you can subscribe to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, wherever awesome football talk is found, Spotify, weei.com of course, the Odyssey app, Apple Pods, and so much more. Andy, I'd like to begin today just with your opening Super Bowl thoughts. Um, Vis-a-vis, what stuck out for you during this, the great slog that is the Mardi Gras of football, officially, I guess, or unofficially dubbed Super Bowl week? Who gave good insight? Who said something that caught your ear? Wow, what made the
3: wheel go round for you? And what was just plain ridiculous out there in Glendale, Arizona? Uh, Jason Kelsey makes Travis Kelsey a lot more likable. When Travis huh. Kelsey's around Jason, I kind of like him, whether it's the podcast or Super Bowl week. When... Travis Kelsey's not with Jason. I don't mm -hmm. really like him. He's annoying. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but uh, they're brothers, and
2: this is the first time brothers have played against each other in the Super Bowl.
3: Yes, and uh, Saturday Night Live spin on that was uh, very funny, if you happen to catch that. (laughs) Oh, did they do a bit? Uh, Well, think of that line in a different sense. I'm not sure how much we want to go down the road of race (laughs) to open a Sunday, but um, there was a funny joke about this being the first uh, Super Bowl to match up brothers. Quote, unquote. Gotcha. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> so we'll avoid I that. Also enjoyed, you, you've um, been controversial very early. You already asked for people to tell you what uh, their favorite anthem was. I am partial to the Star Spangled Banner. I, I'm, I'm a I'm an American. I'm red, white, oh, and blue. I don't know what goodness. your favorite I, anthem is. I had no idea you were going to be this pedantic this early in the show. Do you like Russia? Is that what you prefer? The yes. USSR? You go old school? <sighs> what exactly is your favorite anthem on the planet? Uh, Ga- Ghana, of course, is my favorite <laughs> anthem. <laughs> Uh, your favorite rendition of our national oh, anthem? Oh, that's you what you meant. No, there's,
2: okay. there's been a lot of great ones, and everyone obviously focuses on the goat of all time national anthem performances at the Super Bowl. Whitney Houston. Yeah. I feel like that one is so great. It's 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 been retired. Like you can't say that's the, you know your. You can obviously say that's your favorite. You can obviously say that's the goat of Super Bowl national anthems because nothing comes close. But there have Absolutely. been some other great ones that kind of get. Buried in the queue because everyone always defaults to the Whitney Houston performance as well. And understandably so, because it was the stuff of legend. But there's some other ones. It's kind of fun to share just to give you a little bit of the football feels and take you back. Because sports, as we always say, Andy, is the great emotional connective tissue. And few things help you remember time, place, who you were with, what you were going through, uh, the elements of your life that were so important and unforgettable
3: like sports and especially Super Bowl Sunday, right? Oh, certainly. And I know for me, I'm a little biased, you know, having been at all the Patriots Super Bowls. They've made up a uh, a big chunk of my all last right. two decades of life. Ethan, please mark that down. 1008, Andy's first humble brag of the program. Well, I just, <laughs> no, I find it amazing. And I've said this all week. I said this to some of the uh, guys and gals over at NBC TV when I was talking to them earlier in the week. It's okay, so, Ethan 1009, Andy's second humble brag of the Jesus, program. Jesus, Jiminy Joseph, let that man speak. No, it's and and i think i mentioned to the this to you on the six rings pod you want to throw a third in there i'm plugging no, that's that as fine. well that's not much of a <laughs> you and
2: uh, i sitting unshaven wearing hoodies in our respective fan caves talking about the patriots doesn't really
3: qualify as a humble brag when you when your team is in mm-hmm. the super bowl it is 10 days of 24/7 focus energy super bowl especially when you're working there and yep. there's all the events that are work related there's all the events that are fun related it there's long days it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of fun like you're in this world and you think the whole world is in your world and then when you're home you kind of almost it it doesn't have the quite the same importance it's a big sunday lord no absolutely but yeah you 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 kind of you know i was for example they uh sirius xm did a concert the other night with luke combs Mm -hmm. and it was in phoenix it was i think it was thursday whatever to get ready I almost forgot it was su- like I'm driving and I hear it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is in Phoenix. This is Super Bowl related. This is part of that whole, you oh, know, yeah. three, four, five days of crazy entertainment. And that goes into it. Because, Nonstop you know, parties, media right. availability. Me, I was picking my kid up jets. at basketball practice. Like, you know, yeah.
2: What, yeah. no, what seriously, like, I yeah, I'm like doing the Rich Keefe show from home. And right. I had a sick day this week. And then I'm taking my kids to school, picking my kids up at school. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, look at that. There's, there's people piled up behind the people that are at the set of either Good Morning Football or Get Up on ESPN or First Take and everything. It's like there's people out there sucking down long necks of Bud Light behind the set of all these people getting ramped up like, wow, my God, these Eagles and Chiefs fans, they're like not sleeping. Right? They're, they're half in the bag. It's 7 a.m. West Coast time right now. That's what football week, Super Bowl week is. The Super Bowl spectacular is all about Andy. And it's a great call because we lose track of it because we get back into our lives and we're just living normally the energy of this week. And, you know, I I have a tell me if you feel differently, similar or like ultimately similar. I have a very love, hate relationship with the two week run up to the Super Bowl versus the one week run up to the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, it's um, if I were just a fan at all times, uh-huh. I would. I like the one week just yep. like roll right from title weekend championship Let's weekend go. into the Super Bowl but it really it needs two weeks if you're gonna treat the teams fairly the teams that are in it the fan bases that are in it as they try to scramble for travel and and, and hotels and and just do everything mm-hmm. um, having done it once in 2001 the one week uh, it's crazy it is absolutely crazy on to go from one Sunday's AFC title game to the next Sunday's Super Bowl. It is literally you need the appeal. time, right? You abs and the teams do, and the, and as a fan, I want the best product. I want them to be able to do what they need to do, and you know how they structure it. You know, first of all, take care of all your crap, your friends, your family, your travel before we leave for the Super Bowl. I don't want to hear anything about that. As a clothes, coach. ticket requests, yep. blah blah blah. Take care of that, and then yep. most coaches, I think, from what I understand, listening to what the Chiefs have done, and and I know Belichick did. The game plan is installed the week, uh, the bye week basically, and then you practice it the week in the city that you're going to be playing in, Mm -hmm. all of that I think you hope leads to a better game. I'd also wonder, I'd have to go back and look, and I'm just sort of thinking about this on the fly, because it wasn't always two weeks, there was one-week Super Bowls, and I'm wondering what the quality of game comparison is between two weeks and one week. You know, like we had a lot of the 80s was that whole stretch late 80s, early 90s of horrific Super Bowls, blowout Super Bowls, non entertaining. Oh, my God. There was a a long people forget, like, because once the Patriots got involved in the Super Bowls,
2: they're in as the age of parodies uh, was beset upon the NFL. Then and only then did we start getting competitive Super Bowls. I remember very few that didn't involve either maybe the New York Giants. Or the Denver Broncos uh, you know, later on with Terrell Davis. And like and only one of those two was good. Like We had so many cruddy Super Bowls yep. for so long. Now we usually get competitive
3: Super Bowls before you right. oh, there was a long run of just absolute garbage games. Tie it all together, I believe that was actually some of the impetus behind uh, Anheuser-Busch creating the Bud Bowl. I want to say that the year before they thought the game was so bad that they mm-hmm. had to create kind of their own game. Um, And that may be just a story I've heard. I haven't actually checked that with Wikipedia. Uh, But, yeah, two weeks feels like a long time from afar, but I think it's the only fair thing to do to allow everybody to really not only um, succeed, but also experience it and enjoy it and kind of not make it a uh, hectic hassle for everybody. So, yeah, for a fan perspective from us sitting back here, I wish Mm -hmm. the game had taken place last Sunday, but for everybody else involved, today's the right day. No, it is, and it's a, and it's a, it's a special day. It is meant to be celebrated.
2: It is meant to be a bacchanal. It is meant to be done uh, way over the top as far as you can. Do not worry about counting calories, as Homer Simpson used to say. Bye, bye, belt. Enjoy yourself to the highest and the safest and most responsible extent you can. Uh, I, I understand the idea, and we'll get into the whole art of the Super Bowl party and the way people approach them and beyond in just a little bit, but. To me, when the Patriots were involved, the two weeks were equally excruciating and invigorating. Like, I couldn't get, I read every article in the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald, ESPN, and beyond. Anywhere anybody would relay some perspective, predictions, analysis, and more. Just because information uh, and uh, analysis like that is comforting to you because you're just so anxious and you just can't wait for the game to get there. And then also, it just lasted forever. And you wanted it to last forever because, hey, that's the great buzz. Like, hey, we got a chance. We're the conference champion. Like, nothing can go wrong right now. I'm living on this high. I never want it to end. But at the same time, you're like, oh, God, when is the game time? Please. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm aging five days for every one. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And that's like, quote, unquote, the first world football problem that we dealt with for 20 years and the burden of fandom. But that's just what makes it so great. And we should be so lucky to have those problems. And we should be so fortunate as to worry about aging out like that. Uh, But, you know, like you said, we dipped away from it for a while. We had it so great for so long. We sort of forget about it. And now today, Fitzy and Hart here, the Six Rings guys, on WEI Football Sunday are here to celebrate and prepare you for football's finale. It's been a wild, unpredictable, wonky, fascinating, entertaining, and ridiculous football season. And ultimately, Andy, the two best teams – the number one seeds in the conference, uh, all the metrics, the DVOAs, the PFFs and beyond agree. These are the two best teams in the NFL. Uh, we've got the two best offenses, two of the, uh, the best defense and a top 10 defense as well, set to go off against each other, a rising star of a coach, maybe the second best coach in the NFL over the last 20 years. So we should get a hell of a game tonight. But first, we'll have a little bit of a pivot and we'll talk about our football team and what's been going on with them. As we said, it's been an interesting Uh, very important action-packed offseason for the Patriots in the last couple of weeks. We'll do a little twip this week in Patriots when we come back in just a moment. At any time, join the party, 617-779-7937. But first, we catch you up on everything going on in the wide world of sports. Trending now with Ethan Ristadulu.
1: Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now at WEI and WEI.com, the Super Bowl is upon us as the Kansas City Chiefs get set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles to be crowned the NFL's football champions of the world and take home the Lombardi Trophy. A reminder that WEI is your home for all things Super Bowl 57 today with preview, insider, and pregame coverage all leading up to kickoff of the big game at 6.30. If you can't watch it, you can hear it right here on Boston Sports Original 93.7 WEI. In hockey, the Bruins fell to the Washington Capitals last night, 2-1. They led the game in shots taken, 28-23, but not in score when the final whistle blew. The Bruins do not play again until Tuesday when they travel to Dallas to play the Stars. And your Boston Celtics have a Sunday matinee against the Memphis Grizzlies this afternoon. Tip-off for that game is set for 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm Ethan Mr. and that's your here at WEI and WEI.com. <sighs>
3: If he had chose to continue playing, I think he would play at a very high level and definitely be in the top five or 10 quarterbacks in
1: the league. Um, but you didn't make any overtures to him yourself. I'm just saying what you what you did. Well, we're blessed uh,
3: to have a great young quarterback and Mac Jones okay. uh, as our
1: quarterback and I'm a strong believer in him and his development. Which is your way of saying, Neil, just- Neil I'm
3: not going to answer that question exactly
1: right. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're a pretty wise gentleman. <laughs> um.
2: That uh, right there, that was from the Fox Business Channel on Friday. and media availability from Patriot's owner, Robert Kraft, speaking with Neil Cavuto about Tom Brady, his retirement. The conversations Mr. Kraft has had with Tom Brady since his retirement and the efforts they've made overtures, if you will, to bring him back for the one-day contract, which, of course, would be ceremonial, a, a Bradycon, as I would like to call it, a celebration of Tom Brady's career and his achievements in Foxborough. And, of course, whether or not Mr. Kraft may have reached out to old Tommy Boy to see if he was interested in coming back for a little reunion tour, spinning it nicely that they're blessed to have Mac Jones. We'll see what Andy thinks about that. This, of course, is WEI Football Sunday. You can give us a call at 617 779 7 7 So Andy, uh, as I mentioned, lots still obviously going on. It is Super Bowl week. That's where everyone's attention should be on the chefs and the Eagles as they get together for tonight's farewell matchup, the conclusion to the football season. But the Patriots maybe not making as much noise this week as they did last week. But I believe uh, between Robert Kraft and a former cornerback who spoke to the media and certainly made uh, some waves as well, the Pats were, as they always are, in the news, part of the news cycle, you know, they're all, always they're a buzzy team. They're a national team. They get clicks and headlines like few other teams do. I found those comments from Robert Kraft pretty interesting. The the not really answering the question about whether or not he spoke to Tom Brady. What do you think? Um, obviously, he wants to bring him back for the to make himself and Pats fans happy and feel better about the way things went because he never should have left town. But what do you think? Do you think there was any chance maybe he reached out just to gauge all the TFB's interest in possibly coming back for a a year or two.
3: I don't, and I certainly don't think if he were to do that, he's going to admit to tampering on live television and just say, <laughs> take my draft picks. Um, he's a little smarter than that. Whether you choose to believe the answer or not, I don't give a rat's katukas, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, good job, Robert, because Bill, we know Bill cares about mid-round draft picks more than anybody, and he didn't want you to just give away, say, a third or a fourth round pick on uh, Fox Business Channel. So, yeah, 2019 uh, Spygate 2, the biggest piece of garbage
2: in the history of non-stories. A guy filming some spawn, some B roll for sponsored content, spontent as I like to call it, ends up getting nabbed. Um the damage is done, my friend. Uh costing the Patriots a third round draft pick for no good reason whatsoever. So obviously they didn't want to, you know, cost himself anything. But there's that need, and I understand it, for Robert Kraft to wanna mend fences with any fans that are still upset about Brady's departure, with Tom himself, of course. You know, what role Robert Kraft played in his departure. We may never know, uh, but I thought though thought those comments were interesting. What else did you glean from uh, Kraft's avail Friday with uh, Cavuto on Fox Business?
3: Well, I like that. Unlike his head coach, Robert Kraft is all in on promoting Mac Jones and mm-hmm. the relationship with Mac Jones. And we've talked ad nauseum both on our Fitzy and Hart programs as well as the Six Rings, the way Bill has handled Mac for the last, uh, I guess we're in about eight months now. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was the high praise in the summer and then the curious um, maneuverings and and failures to say Mac's our quarterback at any point during the year, then even late, you know, the the post-mortem press conference where, well, Mac has the ability to play in the National Football League and didn't say anything about being the quarterback of the New England Patriots moving forward. Um, I think it's interesting that Robert, uh, again, whether you choose to believe him or not, is verbally all-in on Mac Jones, where he was last offseason. Remember Mm -hmm. last spring? We have a quarterback and we have a coach, and I feel pretty good about that, that moving forward. Now he still has the coach and he still has the quarterback and he's still selling it, at least for television viewers in the business world. I like that. I think you should be doing that. I would want, I've said it a million, I would want no part of Tom Brady. I think signing Tom Brady now would be one of the saddest days in the history of the New England Patriots franchise. It would be a... Cop out. It would be spinning your wheels to try to you know get a little PR bump. To the unnecessary to... sequel, gratuitous fan service. Yeah, I hate it. I hate the. I could not hate the idea more. And that's irrelevant of Mac Jones. If you don't think Mac's the guy, okay, move on. But move on forward. Don't mm-hmm. throw it in reverse and back up because it. You, you're just better than that. You should be better than that. You made a decision three years ago. You have to live with it. We can go back and and rewrite history and debate whether you made the right or wrong decision, what it would have been like if Tom had stayed, all of that. But you made the decision, stick with it and move forward. And I like that they're moving forward with Mac Jones, who Mac Jones also uh, made a little blip in the uh, Super Bowl week media circles with his um, trainer putting uh, workout videos online and Mac responding to those, talking about uh, re-earning the respect through work this off season, a sweaty man in the gym working his core. So um, he's already started the process. I like it. I think that's the best thing for all involved. I I couldn't agree more. And it's funny, Andy, the first minute I saw, I'm not
2: sure if it was, um, you know, one of the other quality follows in town, Mike Cadlick or uh, some of the guys from Pat's pulpit or Zach Cox at Nesson, who first tweeted out the workout video of Mac. The first second I saw that I thought, Hmm, Interesting because Mac Jones puts that out now and it's a bunch of comments of like, move on for Mac, he's not the guy. Or, oh, look at Mac trying to, you know, earn some favor and win fans over again right now. And like, oh, who cares? He's still not strong enough to throw the deep ball and blah. Like all of these very mid comments, like nothing too hyperbolic, nothing too praiseworthy or boastful. If that was Tom Brady, now cut to five years ago. When Tom Brady would get eliminated in the playoffs or lose a conference championship, heaven forbid, or do anything like that, people lost their mind. I remember when he posted, they lost a, a championship game, I think it was the 2015 AFC Championship in Denver. He hand wrote a note and posted it on Twitter or Instagram. And fans got so fired up and they were all just like,
1: I'm rededicating my
2: fandom. My, uh, I'm obsessed with Tom Brady more than yesterday. He showed the clock in his gym that said how long until the next Super Bowl. And they actually went to win that Super Bowl. Like, stuff like that. Like, that's that's what's so amazing about where we were versus where we are right now. And the divide with Pats fans. Well, because this is gets back to when
3: I call you people frauds. Yes, the, the And by the way, you can read
2: Andy's perspective on Mac Jones working out the divide, the you people, you frauds, and several other interesting nuggets we will discuss throughout the show
3: in his Sunday 7 column, available now at WEI.com. Go on, sir. Yeah, you people, you frauds, you say Tom Brady and you just bow down. No matter what he did, you mention it. Well, the guy was a golden god here for, for Pete's yeah. sake. And he missed a wide open Rob Gronkowski in that game. What, if your quarterback, quarterback was, was so good? conversion? Yeah. Yeah, he locked in on Edelman too quick. He locked in on Edelman, threw into double yes, coverage and, he and lost the game. fumbled when
2: Brandon Graham got to him because Shaq Mason
3: got beat because he was but looking But there's for no Gronk objectivity. The, there's he no objectivity. looked for James White in the flat, not Gronk down the seam. I got it. But there's no objectivity. Tom Brady could do no wrong and right now Mac Jones is in a place where he can do no right. That's just a the good, reality. That's a very good Okay, now I will allow the the judges. Yeah, we'll allow that one, Andy. Okay. And what I thought was most interesting was Mac commenting to his trainer's post saying going to regain the respect so clearly mm-hmm. he's acknowledging he feels disrespected by everybody
2: but what happened this season was awful for
3: him right and he should feel but it was awful for bill belichick first then matt patricia second then, then us. mac jones <laughs> dot 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 it like he came later in the process of suckfest that was the patriots offense <laughs> this year right I mean I mean, I'm being fair I'm putting a dirty word on it but the, is that fair he was like down the line of suckfest Actually fest. what it really was was uh rhymes with suckfest and we'll just leave it at that. Right and your your guy Malcolm Butler you just um, brought up talking to Mass Live and our friend Mark Daniels talked about how predictable the offense was when he was there in training camp and how you know it was just so different from Tom oh. Brady he knew what was happening the entire time mm-hmm. he was practicing against it. And so the where Mac Jones is and we've talked a lot about this and we're going to continue and honestly, all we can do is talk. That's the unfortunate thing is we mm-hmm. now have basically an eight month window to overanalyze everything before we can give Mac a chance to do something. You know, yeah, it's like six months before we really start seeing things that matter like, oh, but like- no, not even you got to get to September training camps are relevant. Preseasons are well, relevant, though, because oh, it's like absolutely year, irrelevant. Oh, I don't want to hear not, his arm is stronger. He looks better. That's BS. Nothing oh, for, matters for until Mac, he gets yes, on the field but, in the opener in each, each successive week, because that's the reality. Andy, the the uh, OK,
2: f- fair. But to rebut or counterpoint, uh, it, it does matter sooner because last July and August, from, yourself, from Giardi, from Zach Cox, from Phil Perry and everybody else that we follow, read, listen to, and care about the opinion, perspective, and analysis for, of all we heard was, Holy smokes. This offense looks terrible. True. So if we, if we at least get like, um, Good afternoon. Yeah, but everybody gentlemen. told me I'm that here didn't to tell matter. You that what you will see this season looks diametrically and polar opposite of what you saw last season. How that actually ta- how that affects the gameplay on the field come September, we'll see. But
3: I just want you to know, good news, positive update: the Patriots' offense might actually be back. Well, I can report that now because it'll have an adult running it. It'll have an experienced, <laughs> competent. Man. And this isn't meant to be a shot at Matt Patricia. Again, I like Matt no. Patricia. This is a he's shot the at the guy. role With he was. With all podium. respect to Lee Mangers, he's the fall guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Now. It, it will look that because we're going to see a return to an adult running the offense, a, mm-hmm. an, a competent, stabilizing force running the offense. But uh, the reality for Mac is production. You need to get to mm-hmm. the point where Mike Lombardi's not saying you're going to lose your job because you're turning the ball over in the third week of the season doing his podcast. You, that's where you need to get to is real 60 minutes of meaningful record book football, things that go in your pro football reference page, forever that's where he needs to get to i love that he's working out i would have never doubted it he worked out hard last year that proves that the working out mm-hmm. part is only a, a small piece of it because we get into these remember muhammad sanu doing routes and stuff on hill oh, when he was and, working oh, when he uh, would uh, king. Uh, the guy known as footwork king was yeah. putting out the muhammad sanu it's irrelevant. it's irrelevant it's irrelevant yeah. it's all useless filler for the off season that is the nfl for mac But I just, the fact that he clearly is using last year as motivation and Mm -hmm. is not afraid to share that he feels disrespected and is working to regain the respect. And he's been, I think that's great for him to bring up because people like Boomer Asiasen were downright disrespectful to him. Talking about the douchiness of his game, that Mm -hmm. is disrespectful. I've been disrespectful at times. I will own that. I have been disrespectful talking about his attitude and his unlikability and all these things. But for him, right now, all he can do is go to a gym, work out, throw, prepare. But it's going to be a long eight months or so before we get to prove it time, show me time. Are you the quarterback of the New England Patriots and for how long? WeEI Super Bowl coverage, by the way, brought to you by and sponsored by our friends at Wise
2: Snacks. Do game day the wise way. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. And gentle reminder, WEI is the exclusive home for the radio call of Super Bowl 57 in Boston with Westwood One's Kevin Harlan and the great Kurt Warner on the call. Pre-game coverage starts right here at 2 p.m. after Fitzy and Hart's Six Rings WEI Football Sunday Spectacular on WEI. And you can listen on your phone for free in the Boston area via the Odyssey app. Just listen to WEI. Also of note, Mac Jones-related Andy this week, back out west, uh, obviously, it's not just all about, like, how do you think Mahomes' ankle will respond to treatment? Can the RPO be stopped at Philadelphia? And, you know, is this going to be the coronation of Mahomes and Reed as the new Brady and Belichick, or is it Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts' time? Is he going to start getting commercials next year? How's his shoulder? All the relevant football talking points. A lot of talk about Mac Jones. And a number of people from Rob Gronkowski, to Mike Lombardi, NFL films, people, and beyond. You and I spoke about this on the Six Rings pod as well. All had very positive things to say about both Mac Jones and then the difference that'll be made. You know, Mac Jones will obviously try to, as you said in your piece and just now on the radio, put some respect back on his name, earn his respect back, start making strides towards a next contract, getting back to the playoffs, being a stud in the NFL, being a starting quarterback that can actually handle the offense and win his fans back over. And also the impact that Bill O'Brien is going to have. And, yeah, I know they're all adjacent to being friends of Belichick. They're all Patriot. What did you call them? You wouldn't say they're all Patriots honks, but they're kind of all in the Patriots' back pocket, if you will. Still, it was nice to hear the, oh, yeah, Bill O'Brien, like his offense will. he and Mac are going to be a great fit. Like, it was nice for the first time in a while, after seven months of head-scratching and critical thinking or – uh critical analysis of how bad the Patriots offense was to start hearing some positive things about the way things may turn around and develop this season.
3: Yeah. And and there's different levels to them. I think you had some honesty from a guy like Rob Gronkowski who began his career under Bill O'Brien with the Patriots and, and that era of the offense that has been entrenched in New England for 20 years and him saying how good he thinks it is and how stunned he was that they changed it. Um, And then you have sort of the fraudulent types of Mike Lombardi, the fraudulent fobs, who, if you recall, Mike Lombardi early in the year was ripping Mac and saying, if you think it's coaching, then you don't know what you're talking about, basically. He wouldn't finish a sentence. He called you naive instead of stupid. Um, He started to say stupid and then said naive. Oh, so were we naive to think it was coaching, or were we right because Bill has now replaced the coaches? But Mike Lombardi's opinion blows in the breeze with Belichick's decision, so I don't put any stock Mm -hmm. in that. Um, But I think... You know, you get a guy like Matthew Judon who, bring when he's asked yes. about Mac, immediately, unsolicited, brings up the body language and some of the things that have been in the crosshairs of criticisms, the on-the-field douchiness and and waving off mm-hmm. of coaches and, and, and all that. I thought it was interesting that it was first and foremost his level of defending Mac for that. So um, he has a lot of supporters. There's no – within, I would say – the world of the Patriots organization and fobs and things of that nature, which is interesting because I think outside of that, he doesn't have a lot of supporters. I, I think it's open season. It's and remains somewhat open season on Mac Jones. It's we've learned that from fans, callers, texters, everything, Twitter. There is a large chunk of the Patriot fan base that has already moved on from Mac Jones. And oh, okay. I, I, think I just that's want to ask right now then, since we do
2: sports radio, since already, that's unbelievable. My God, Everyone was hype on the Patriots taking a quarterback who was coming off a national championship and one of the most accurate seasons in college football history. And then they won 10 games. And yes, they floundered at the end and they got their doors blown off in the playoffs. But still, people talked about him in the rookie of the year conversation. And then comes the Patricia Judge-Belichick offense debacle of 2022. And people have emotionally moved on or prepared themselves for life after Mac. So I just want to ask the audience... 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. If you've moved on from Mac Jones, have you moved on from Mac Jones emotionally, spiritually, whatever? Have you moved on and why? Just just I just want to know why. There are gonna be a lot of whys. We'll ask some open ended discussion and debate oriented questions on the show today. But my first one would be if you've moved on from Mac Jones, why? You heard from players on his defense former Patriots players, offensive coordinators, respected coaches, analysts, and more that Mac Jones should be able to get back to where he was in 2021 and beyond this season without Patricia and Judge in his ear and with somebody like Bill O'Brien and his staff and game plan writing the ship for Mac Jones. So I just want to know why people may have moved on from Mac Jones. Andy, I feel like you and I are ready to... I know how you feel about Mac Jones personally. He's not your favorite interview. He's not your favorite follow. I get that. But you're with me in the camp of he can definitely get back to where he was and move past that as far as uh, stats, wins, uh, quarterback play. And beyond. We're not signing him to that $300 million deal. We're not giving him Lamar Jackson money already. That discussion is just absurd. But I think we're both in the camp of this guy can get back to it and beyond just
3: with the proper coaching and another proper opportunity. Yeah, I'm not willing to co-sign the beyond. I'm willing to say he can get back to competent quarterback play in the National Football League that wins 10 games as part of a team culture that could make the playoffs, things of that nature. I am not willing to say he can take the next step to whatever the tier is you think he needs to strive for at quarterback, elite, good, great, leader, franchise, however you label it. Um, you can win with Mac Jones in the National Football League. Can He's you doomed to tier two at best in your eyes forever? Wow! No, 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 no. But I don't I mean, how, how could I possibly um, definitively make that assessment now with the coaching staff changes, the lack of a number one option, like everything that's going on around him? And he's young and has one year of football under his belt because I'm forgetting last year. He has one year of real NFL football under his belt. So do I I know he can play that he did that. Can he go beyond that and how far beyond that? That's what we're going to find out in 2023 and hopefully, likely, maybe beyond that. But are, So you're willing to say he is definitively better or capable of better than his rookie season? 100%. 100, okay. I, one, so he 100, can be a top 110%. 10 quarterback? Top 10 quarterback? I, always, I, I like to say top 12. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mayock. <laughs> How about put him in the top 10? People count by 10s. They don't count. Well, sometimes they count by dozens, but they're, they're bakers. In most of the world, you do top 10 lists. Oh, right. Well, I, yes. Well, he wears you want to number go 13. 10, is he a is my number dozen? In New England,
2: So I like to say he can be a top 12 quarterback. 14 teams
3: make it, to put it this way, playoff quarterback. So that I him a top agree, 14. playoff quarterback, because he's proven that. He's proven yes. that once already. He could have proven that again this year. He was a, a hair away from proving that again this year, uh, at least in the standings, in the time, and the schedule of the NFL season. Um, but beyond that, to get into, you know, the, I, I like the phrasing. You know, in the NBA, Charles Barkley and Shaq get they get caught up in the Are you the bus driver or are you a passenger? Right. Mm-hmm. We don't talk we don't talk quite those those uh, terms for the NFL, but I think it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Is Mac Jones a championship bus driver. Can you win because of him, not just with him? That is the question that he will face this year, next year, and moving forward in his NFL career. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number.
2: We'll take your calls on Mac Jones, your belief in him, why you think he could get us back to the promised land and beyond. Or if you are already out on Mac, just why? And please, you don't need to remind us that Bailey Zappi posted to his Instagram. He did. growing to Taequann Thornton. I knew you were going to want to bring that up
3: at some point. He did. Everybody, you got, if, it didn't happen if you didn't post it to your inter- Instagram, which I don't yeah. really care for. I assume you're a professional. You should be working on your craft in February, March, and April before OTAs. I don't need to see it, but we're in the culture where it's the show me culture. Didn't happen if you didn't IG it. Yeah, did it, did, did it even happen if you didn't IG it, bro? Plus, when we come back...
2: Andy made mention of it earlier. A certain former famous and sadly infamous Patriot made the rounds on media week. We'll uh, share with you some of those words and what you think about the honnits nest that he may have stirred up with those comments as well. It's WEI football Sunday with the six rings guys. Fitzy and Hart don't go anywhere.
3: Malcolm, were you aware of just the constant guesswork and rumors that were going around about why you didn't play in that Super Bowl?
0: Oh, a hundred percent, man. Um, you know, I just stay calm, and you know, you, you can't defeat the internet. So I just, I know, um, know everything that went on. You know, I just try to keep peace within the team, myself, and the organization. Um, like I said, man, you can't defeat the internet. So you Bull, know,
1: um.
2: former New England Patriots cornerback, Super Bowl forty-nine hero, Super Bowl fifty-two. What do you call him, Andy? Frustration. (laughs) Sympathetic figure, anti-hero. I don't know, because I don't know the truth. I don't know the truth either. Malcolm Butler speaking with Gresham Fourier. Of course, he was all over the radio. Heard him on the Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio and beyond, making the rounds and avails, talking about his new documentary that could be coming out, discussing why he may not be playing in, why he didn't play in Super Bowl Forty Nine, setting the record straight. Andy, it is such a freaking curious case, because... I've heard every salacious uh, rumor and story. I've heard medical descriptions and and wild uh, tin hat theories. Um, I've heard arguments, uh, just every reason why he didn't play in the Super Bowl. I still think it just boils down to a really, really, really bad coach's decision. But now that hornet's nest is all stirred up again this week. Now you get people getting all pissed off and upset about not playing him in Super Bowl 52, guys like Johnson Badamosi and Jordan Richards, who had no business being on the field, not making plays against Nelson Aguilar and beyond when it when it counted. it was It was just so bad. And here's Butler just putting a brave face to it all. Yet, if it was so bad between he and Belichick and the organization, why did he come back here this year? Was that hush money? Did he actually have a chance to play again? Like, I'm actually now more confused than I was ever on the Malcolm Butler situation.
3: Yeah, I feel like I'm becoming less confused. And I, I wrote a little column on this the other day. I'm starting to think that uh, it was much ado about nothing, that it may have been some sort of coach's decision with a little bit of a story behind it, but not, as you said, the salacious mm-hmm. uh, stuff bouncing around the internet, which makes it uh, easily one of the, probably the worst coaching decision of Belichick's career. You have the whole Matt Patricia from this year, and yeah. then you have Malcolm Butler coaching decision, you know, They needed one stop. They needed one play. And what they had decided was one of their best cornerbacks all year didn't play uh, against a passing game that was making plays. Like It just makes no sense. And I'm starting to think if this documentary ever actually comes to fruition or book, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to it. I mean, he said it in the clip, oh, spill the beans, and then he goes, you know, but really just a coach's decision. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, if it's a coach's decision, you kind of just told me that this is Al Capone's vault and we're not going to find anything when you put out this documentary. Is Uh, he going to have Geraldo Rivera host the documentary for him? He probably should. He Hype it up, (laughs) hype it up, hype it up, and then there'll be no payoff at the end. And that is probably the most infuriating ending for Patriots fans, if there is no payoff. I I think people could debate and weigh – Fights and, and whatever you want to get into uh-huh. in terms did he of getting a fight with Steve was it with Matt Patricia? Right. Did he
2: talk back to Belichick? Lives involved? Whatever. Exactly. And, and I would like to point out too. I heard yesterday. I heard made mention Friday on the station and especially yesterday on Ken and Curtis something about how good he was that year. How many snaps he played? Yes, he did. He was like he was in on all the defensive snaps in the postseason. Some people wanted to say he played terribly against the Jags. Some people said he played terribly against the Titans. Whatever it was. I mean he didn't even have a good Super Bowl 51 if we're going to be on, if we're going to be honest but um he's obviously remembered for 49 and I hate the inglorious finish that his Patriots career had but with a guy who made the most important single play in the history of the New England Patriots then getting a, a veritable DNP and sitting there with his helmet on being all sad on the sideline in Super Bowl 52 as well I hated that I hated that I hated that but if I'm not mistaken and we'll grab a couple calls after this. If I'm not mistaken, friend of the show, friend of the pod, Mike Giardi of the NFL Network said during that season he had never seen a player more checked out than Malcolm Butler because he was so mad about not getting that second contract, whereas they brought in Steph Gilmore and paid him all the money Malcolm Butler thought he
3: was going to get. Yeah, but if he was, that makes no sense with the checking out. I mean, so he only checked out the week of the Super Bowl because you played him the week no, before. No, he didn't play that well that whole season. But he played. You right. won the biggest game of your season with him on the field. Mm-hmm. So he checked out after that, or his checking out reached new levels after that? I, I just don't understand. I'm relaying understand what she
2: already said. Take it up with him.
3: No, I, I I mean, and it's fine, but he was checked out while checking into the lineup every week. Now he suddenly checked oh, yeah, yeah, out again, and it did make, not it check in. It doesn't make
2: any sense. God, it's such a bad decision.
3: It Now... I'm sure it was in the best interest of the football team. I guarantee oh, you, Bill will say was, that definitely. It was Jordan 100%. Richards being on the field and Johnson
2: Batamosi whiffing on Nelson Aguilar in the open field definitely in the best interest of the football team. Having Eric
3: Rowe on Alshon Jeffrey, best interest of the football team. Exactly. So, so bad. you can say somebody checked out, but is Jordan Richard checked in any better? Like, I don't. Are we t- are we teaching lessons here? I is this promised than-
2: myself? I wasn't going to get mad about this. No.
3: Well and that's my point is I think in the end Patriots fans are going to be more angry and upset as the more information they or or, or the more truth they get which lacks mm-hmm. much information I think they're I going to be I wish we angry could just seal
2: this in a in a steel kit in a steel like in a safe pour concrete around it,
3: and drop it at the bottom of the ocean and never have to discuss it again. And I kind of felt like we had, and now Me too. Butler this week regurgitated it. And I again, I'm not sure the documentary or book, he, he was very vague. I know Mark Daniels said maybe in 2025, so we have to wait. A couple years before that's coming out.
2: Holy macaroni. Really?
3: I'm not sure. I I think it might be like Cam Newton's documentary. Remember 82 days or 88 days or whatever the hell he was going to do when he was a free agent. And then he realized he sucked and no one wanted to see a documentary about him being out of work. And he never actually made the documentary. Uh, I do not, but I'll say yes to play along. You don't remember how many times uh, he used to say that? Who said that? Eighty whatever the number of days he between when he was cut by the the Panthers and yep. signed with the Patriots, he said there was going to be a documentary entitled that. Oh yes, yes, cams, yes. And then he sucked with the Patriots, and we haven't <laughs> seen said documentary because there was no comeback story. It was supposed to nope, be a comeback there were, story. <laughs> no, there sure there sure wasn't. Lots of uh, pictures of his fabulous outfits and
2: hats along the way, and his workouts as well, which I know you love. One quick call, Andy, before we catch a commercial break. Then Tommy Curran will join us to continue picking its gabs and opening up old cans of worms. Nate's in the truck. He wants to talk a little Mac Jones and Pat's here on WEI Football Sunday. What up, Nate?
4: Hey, what's going on? Just real quick with that Malcolm Butler, and I'll get to my story. Maybe they should have did uh, uh, Remember the Titans with uh, James Richard should have went to the coach and said, oh, bring in Malcolm Butler because I'm getting smoked because that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> Just like the, uh, the ploy in Remember the Titans. But anyway, um, Mac Jones, honestly, <clears throat> I didn't want Mac Jones. I wanted um, Justin Fields. He's a playmaker. Um, Mac Jones is not a playmaker. He needed Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and a a stellar offensive line. He's not that guy. He's not going to be that guy. He's not going to be the comeback kid. He needs the perfect situation to excel and to get maybe in the top ten of quarterbacks. I think, honestly, they're wasting their time with him, and they're just going to waste another year or two of knowing he's not the guy.
3: Yeah. Appreciate the call, Nate. Thanks very much. Wow, Andy, it sounds so, like a harsh, hot take, but um, I don't completely disagree. I, I think there's a he does need the perfect situation. He does need, you know, the comparisons that have been going on. This just think of this winter. Oh, if Mac Jones was in San Francisco, they'd be winning. Well, yeah, with a great offense, great talent, great coach, great scheme, great defense, great everything. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that are probably second, third tier that could win. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, whoever you want to put in that position. Mm-hmm. But again, let's use the Shaq thing. Can he drive the bus? Can he drive the freaking bus? And I think there's you're, you have every right as a Patriot fan to doubt. I, I also would doubt whether Justin Fields can drive the bus. The questions are different, but the end question is the same. Justin Fields, great runner, showed you this year. Wow, dynamic, 1,000 yards, makes plays all over the field is he ever going to be able to throw? Oh, I don't know. Surround him with some talent and see what happens. Those are all questions that young young quarterbacks have to answer. And then guess what? Sometimes you become a middle-aged quarterback and questions kind of continue to be asked. Like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's questions are changing, but they're still questions. Until he hoists a Lombardi trophy, there's still questions about Josh Allen. Ooh, does he try to do too much? Does he try to throw it deep? Does he try to, you know, make too many plays? Can he win? The questions are always there for quarterback until you put a ring on your finger.
2: 617-779-7937 is the number. We will continue discussing Mac Jones here on the program. We will continue talking about Malcolm Butler, what he said this week, and how it made you feel. The fifty seven season, Tommy Curran from NBC Sports Boston joins WEI Football Sunday next.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? The spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.